the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers radio show, heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, also faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you will hear all of the shows uh, uh, in podcast form. And uh, if you're, this is a listener-guided uh, ministry, so you can donate through that website as well if you wish. Just look for the purple button. I have a great guest today. I'm really excited about. Have two guests, but one of them can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Dan Volko, uh, who's an engineer, paramedic with uh, Phoenix Fire Department, and an L12 Special Operations, along with. Uh, K-9 Handler and other Arizona Task Force uh, attachments. And we're going to talk about all of that. But first, uh, Dan, I'd like for you to kind of uh, tell us your backstory. How did, how did you get to point this point in your life? <laughs> well, that's a loaded question after just turning 50. Um, so there's a lot of history there. But uh, I would say that what has brought me to the fire service uh, started literally 45 years ago. Um, I've Visited a fire station when I was in kindergarten. Remember it like it was yesterday. I remember doing that. And uh, it was it made an impact on me, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that's where I wanted to be, and I knew that's how I can make an impact in, in my world. Yeah. So, um, gosh, we, we have so much to unwind here with what you do. Uh, you know, being a, an engineer backslash paramedic with the Phoenix Fire Department is only a portion of what you do. And uh, L twelve special operations. Let's let's unwind some uh, of these. Unpack things. some of this. So L twelve yeah. is is for short for ladder twelve. Okay. And if, if I could back up even further, that I'm humbled. Do, yeah. I'm humbled to be here today. We got time. Yeah, I, I really appreciate <laughs> the opportunity. You know, the guests that you have on this program. Um, boy, I I'm I'm truly grateful to be here. So thank you for having me. It's all about God <laughs> and, and and Merlin. Yeah, uh, and you know, Merlin. for those of, for those listeners that can't see in the studio, which is all of you, uh, Merlin here is uh, he's our second guest. He's the one that can't speak, as Art mentioned. Yeah, I have on there'll be a, a photo uh, once we do the program. There'll be a photo on our weekly uh, email going out. So um, you you the, you work on several angles of of task forces and at a high level, even with the federal government. 
That that is absolutely correct. Famously, the fire department, especially the fire department in Phoenix, is uh, we are the the phone number to call when people don't know who to call. <laughs> and so, because of that, uh, in our day job, uh, I work at Ladder Twelve. In fact, I can see it from here from the window. You've got it all, except Ghostbusters. You don't have that part. Well, well we don't have that part, <laughs> but we'll show up and and try to figure out a problem. We're problem solvers, right? <laughs> right. And um, so, yeah, that. Uh, just in our day job, we uh, we respond to bad dreams, to sounds of ghosts, mm-hmm. to um, <laughs> to obviously heart attacks, fires, uh, er- everything that you would expect. Truly, in, in people's worst day, uh, the fire department is is there to respond. Well, and and to go go very deep in, into these things because a lot of people have no idea. They just know what the fire trucks ah. look like, and you're going to put out fires and. But it's very detailed in everything that you're a part of. Profoundly detailed. And, you know, I don't, at the risk of being redundant or insulting, uh, we we are literally uh, the ones to call when you don't know who to call. And and from a a responder, um, from a person that does that every third day and all of us that do it every day, uh, it's a profound honor to to fulfill that obligation. Uh, to help people to meet the the community uh, the, the citizens of the community and help them on that worst day so um boy i I could we don't in thirty minutes that's hard to compact <laughs> everything that we do well i'll I'll guide you through this. yeah i'll let you know let, where, you're, okay. where we are time wise but uh but let let's get going here and and um special task force entities uh one including structural collapse specialty yep Let's talk about that. Yeah. So this brings in the uh, canine unit, too. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we'll bounce back and forth. So the day job is on the fire truck, like every other man and woman that serves on those red trucks. In my neighborhood, you pick up rattlesnakes. Well, uh, we do that here, too, (laughs) believe it or not. (laughs) That's a profound, that's a great service. I personally don't do it. I'm terrified of snakes. So that is not in my job description, but. Uh, so that's the day day part. Uh, the other part of that is because uh, we do we do um, the special operations. That then branches off into the the work we do with the federal federal government. Yeah. Both uh, Merlin and I are a canine search and rescue team. We we deploy together. Uh, he can't go without me, and I can't go without him in that capacity. And that uh, so with FEMA, as we just had a hurricane uh, here the other day. In fact, is still ongoing in Florida. Ongoing right yeah, now. Yeah, very very timely conversation. Yeah. Um, and over the years, we've seen a lot more tragedy on a national level. And FEMA, obviously, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, is uh, it allows us that it is the vehicle for which uh, responders of what they do on the day every day. They uh, allows us the opportunity to collect those resources and deploy them in, in places of need. In this case, it would be Florida this week. Yeah, and you've actually been called out to we go have. around the country. Yeah, no, some absolutely, of these, right? absolutely. So uh, among the you and, and Merlin, uh, me and Merlin, exactly correct. So um, and De- is it Delta? Delta is the other yeah. one. Uh, she, Delta's eighteen months, and we can get in. She's wickedly cute, but wickedly manipulative. So uh, Merlin's got the face for radio, and he's got the disposition to certainly. Uh, That's why I'm here too. You know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Merlin and I uh, four years ago we went to Hurricane Florence in North Carolina uh, and helped the, those folks out on the East Coast. Obviously, that tends to be where our hurricane damage happens in that tragedy um obviously you know it's not just hurricanes right there's earthquakes there is uh 
We prepared for mudslides in Oregon. In fact, members of our team went to Oregon uh, for those for those mudslides. We've gone to, um, you know, obviously the the World Trade Center. You know, the the human created tragedies that unfortunately uh, show up on our on our history. So it sounds like the theme here is anytime something goes down, you guys are there and at the at the ready to go in. Yeah. And- That's exactly right, and especially with the dogs, they very much are designed, trained and eager to work with things that are underneath of what falls down. Yeah. I think everybody in the United States should go to the 9-11 memorial. I I could not agree with you more. That that museum, it it tells the whole story of fire departments and and how they responded. And I use that as an example because that's a giant example, but uh, much more. You just gave me chills. (laughs) I know. I myself included. But I didn't know I was going to go down that road, quite frankly. But uh, but we're talking about that, that level, maybe not that level, but when something is, is, uh, is taking lives and, and has lives in jeopardy, yep. you're there. That, that's exactly right. And another really good memorial that is very poignant is, is Oklahoma City. I don't know if you've ever been. I have not been there, but I've seen all the pictures and photos and all that. Yeah, once again, the hair is on the back of my neck just thinking about it. Yeah. And so uh, that that occurs, it it occurs on a very, you know, the World Trade Center is obviously the biggest. um, But here locally, I mean, there there has been significant uh, structural collapses, both natural and and some of which were man-made, that the dogs have been required to search out, looking for people that, that are survivors of those tragedies yeah so uh how do you how do you find the canines how do you find them train them and and work the, with them that is a great question they uh a lot of our dogs we so we we've, we've been working the the arizona search dogs who own is the nonprofit that owns the dogs it's founded in 1996 incorporated in 1998 and it was founded by uh john dean john right? dean that's exactly yeah. right yeah. and his first dog uh, was a rescue puppy that came from the Department of Corrections. And, uh, and he couldn't make it here today. In fact, he's training uh, other dogs for a test tomorrow, so he, you know, he passes his regards. But uh, so in 1998, he uh, certified his first do- dogs, and it, it was really Oklahoma City that started the search dog program wow. nationally. Wow. Um, it, it has always existed on a local basis, but to consolidate those efforts, that's really when it started. And then, obviously, uh, in the World Trade Center, that was the first test of a consolidated effort nationally. Yeah. Uh, in fact, John Dean and his dog at the time deployed to the World Trade Center. Wow! So we very much are rooted in the history of our country and in those tragedies that have that have occurred. Yeah, and based right here in Phoenix. Based right here in Phoenix. So the Phoenix Fire Department is the host agency for the uh, Arizona Task Force One. There are twenty-eight task force across the country all strategically located uh, geographically and usually in larger centers to support that need. I'm glad you mentioned that yep. because I found the scale, the chart, and John Dean's name is number one, and you're like number nine in the uh, out of the 296 teams, right? So there's 296 dog teams, dog and teams. A, a dog team is one handler and one one pooch, okay. right, one canine. Um <laughs> And that's that's nationwide. Yeah. So the maximum deployment of those twenty eight teams, the maximum response is eighty four people, and uh, and we're self sustained for twenty one days. And when we send those eighty four people, it usually includes four or five dogs, and again four or five handlers to go with those dogs. Yeah. 
if you're late coming into the uh, Rescuers Radio Show, um, my guest is Dan Volko, the uh, engineer paramedic with Phoenix uh, Fire Department. And more than that, he's uh, very involved. He's a handler in the canine duty, and uh, that's what we're talking about right now. So um, Merlin is who we have here today. Correct, yep. And Merlin has been out in what kind of situations? So Merlin is what we call a live find urban search and rescue dog. Okay, so he his job is to, when we have kids that come by the fire station, I say, have you, have you ever played hide and seek? And they, all the kids are like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah firefighter, Dan, we play hide and seek. Yeah. Well, he's just, he, that's all he does. That's his number one job. And he's very, very good at He'll it. He'll find you. He will find you. So, but sadly, um, we also have human remains dogs, right? Yeah. And so, unfortunately, when we can't f- locate live people in these tragedies, that uh, returning, uh, returning human remains back to the, to the loved ones is a profound has a profound impact on our society and the families that, that uh, enable us to uh, to do the work. Yeah. So, how do you how do you get them trained? How do they know which activity they're going to be responding to? So, uh, so Merlin he only does live find. So every response he does okay. is very much he knows that's his game, right? So, so not a cadaver. He is not. Okay. No, he's a single purpose dog. Okay. All of our dogs in Phoenix are single purpose. Okay. Uh, most of them are live find. Uh, we have thirteen dogs currently, um, and eleven of them are uh, live find or on track to be live find. Yeah. It takes about eighteen months for them to train. Uh, each year, it's about a thousand hours of organized training, wow. but that doesn't include the agility that we do on our own, the, the, uh, you know, the walks, the, the, just keeping, um, cardiovascularly fit, uh, the obedience we do at home. But as, as a team, uh, we train uh, probably literally a thousand hours every year per dog. Wow. That's, that's a lot. It is a lot. It's a profound amount of work, but what's important to note, it's a game for them. Uh, it, they, they're, they're not going to work, even though we call them working dogs. That's obviously a, uh, um, a human, human characteristic that we've applied to them, but for them, it's a game, right? So, which is kind of unique. So when we go to an event, a collapse, structural collapse, and we go find, uh, you know, when we go find people, the reward is the play. So even though that it's a tragedy and there's a lot of onlookers, there's a lot of news channels, there's cameras, everybody's watching. When they alert on the people that are underneath that rubble that are alive, they want a reward. They want a payday, just like all of us are we're working for a paycheck. And their paycheck is the engagement of the handler and the toy. And we do that for 1,000 hours per dog per year. Wow. And it is profound, uh, the impact. So just so like— Is it a unique toy or a, nor- or a normal dog's toy? Our, that's a great question. It is, it's different to each dog. So where our dogs come from, uh, most of them come from the University of Pennsylvania, and I could come back to that. But they have, uh, they have a, a game they call it's, – it's toy selection. I mean, it's not very creative. But <laughs> where they, uh, they'll put the dog in the room at a young age, maybe two or three months, and they'll throw out all the toys that are available to them and let them pick the toy they'll that they're one. drawn to. Uh, will that change over time? Of course, right? But, uh, but that's at least, it's le- at least a starting point, and that's their key. But as you work with that, as you work with that toy, um, it, it really is the engagement. They want to they see you eye to eye. They want to see you smile. They want to see you connect with, with them. 
the the toy is just a vehicle to make that happen, and it's certainly a catalyst to make that connection. Um, but it really is the one-on-one tireless effort between the the reward, the engagement, and and the dog. And so, and you've had Merlin for how long? I've had Merlin for five years, just going on, just almost six years, actually. And you usually get a dog around as a pup? Or? Yes. Uh, so so we, we've uh, gotten dogs from Maricopa County. Uh, we've gotten dogs from other breeders that just didn't work out in the hunting program. That's sort of field trial. That's, that's a one pathway of dogs. Most recently, we've gone to Penn Vet Working Dog Center, which is an amazing uh, partnership that we have, but it's... the 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 Penn Vet Working Dog Center. If you ever get a chance to to look them up, uh, Doctor Otto, she was actually a dog handler at World Trade Center, wow, and saw a need to better de- or develop better working dogs. And so the University of Pennsylvania, the in the on the back lot, it's not a very glamorous place, but they they have taken upon themselves and they just celebrated their ten year anniversary wow. to train all working dogs. They have uh, why Pennsylvania. I don't. That's just, just where Doctor Otto's from. That was she was driven to see to see the need and yeah. to fill that. And she uh, was an educator and connected with the university there. And through I'm sure a lot of yeah. bureaucracy and red tape to make this center work. Yeah. And it is they train not only do they train search and rescue dogs, they train police and law enforcement, wow. law enforcement, but they also do med- medical detection dogs. So they they ha- they train dogs to sniff out COVID, to sniff out uh, cancer. To sniff out diabetes, and 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 again for the dog, it's all a game. So that's the service part. That's that's the service. That's the working part. The working part. So okay. the ser- so in our in our language now, service dogs have evolved to mean a lot of things. Yeah. Whereas a working dog is very is very specific. Uh, Merlin is very much a live find human scent dog. Whereas medical detection dog, that is truly by definition a working dog. Now I know you're with the fire department. Yep. This is probably more of a police issue but because of our closeness to the border there's a lot of drug traffic and dogs are very instrumental right in tracking down those things so so dogs work in all kinds of scent yeah. right and, and you're right that's much more of a law enforcement right. but for for them it's it's the scent and then the reward yeah. and that's all it is to them and so at the working dog center and and what we do here in in phoenix and our training is to reduce the scent to the lowest concentration and let them work. So if you imagine, you know, if this building above us were to collapse, there would be a lot of material. The smell would be very diffuse. And so that concentration is very small. Uh, whereas if we were just under a sheet of plywood, that scent is very high, the concentration, right? So our, our effort is to uh, stretch to, to find that minimum threshold to where they can alert. So when they have something uh, in their smell, do they dig for that? They they know how to get into that. That another great question. So their alert mechanism is bark, right? So there's two components to what they do. It's the search, yeah. which is with their nose, and then it's the alert, right? So for instance, avalanche dogs, they their alert is by digging, right? So if the snow falls, they, they'll go dig the victim out. Uh, uh, you know, going back to the drug dogs, they won't dig because they don't want to disturb the evidence, right? They'll just sit. Okay. Uh, if you've ever go to the airport and watch the USDA dogs, they'll just sit by the luggage, uh, it's a cute little beagle, and they're they're there to sniff out produce, yeah. right? So again, is a contraband, in, in depending on where you are. Yeah. And so Merlin's alert is a bark, <laughs> and so he he doesn't dig; he simply stays at the victim once that victim is found with a scent, and then he alerts by barking until he gets the reward. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, 
gosh, I, I, I never would have thought, um, well, I knew they had to come from somewhere, but the, the point in, in Pennsylvania because of the doctor, uh, that's, that's remarkable. It, it is remarkable. Yeah. And, and so when we, when we get a dog from them, we're all, we go there for a whole week, um, oftentimes two weeks. And, you know, dogs like us, we need rest. And so when the dog that we're training and working, we'll put them up and work with the other dogs. In fact, so with Delta, who, you know, the blonde, the new blonde dog that we just got, the newest member of our team, I was just in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and it was a great opportunity because I'm working with members from Canada. I'm working with medical detection dogs. It, again, it just really reinforces a, what is a very small community with only 296 teams here in the United States. Well, in my preparation for the show, uh, two very large national uh, organizations popped up. The NSA and FEMA. Okay. Yeah. So you do a lot of work with those agencies. Not so much the NSA. Um, again, because he's a FEMA yeah. certified dog, that's okay. the lion's share. But here locally, we'll do a lot of work with uh, missing persons. Uh, you know, we'll do work with the, the police department. So we really tend to branch out. Um, you know, we have silver alerts here in the valley or in the state. Uh, we have amber alerts, and those are missing. Those are missing people that are. Um, that need to be found. Yeah. And, and though that's not quite the terrain the dogs are wired for, um, they, they can be certainly be an asset in finding those missing people. Yeah. I know Amber, Amber alert very well. Oh, and, uh, so I'm glad to hear those, those disciplines and how you get to the point of getting their attention. Cause my dog, I have a 25 pound, I'm not going to say it's a mutt. She's a mutt, but she's a beautiful <laughs> dog to us. And she has her exact toys, that she, her go-to toys. So I understand that part. And she'll walk in. If you're, if you're ignoring her, she'll drop it right at your feet and say, come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's play. And so I've seen that part of, of the, a household dog. Yep. This is a whole nother level whole other level education process for for these dogs absolutely and it is it's like us in learning it's repetition yeah right uh, merlin's toy since you asked um his, his favorite toy is a rope believe it or not he's all the other dogs have a, a burlap chew toy or a tug toy they some call like it a rope and a knot or just a rope just a length just, of rope okay we, we tie it in knots just to make it easy for us because yeah. he'll pull it right out <laughs> he is that motivated to get that rope um, a, a dog trainer explained it. Well, those ropes simulate intestines of an animal that they're searching. Said, wow. that, that may be true. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's very much, he again, allows him the opportunity to engage with me. And so when the rope comes out, he is a very different dog. And again, unfortunately, the listeners can't see in the studios. He, he's passed out here in the sun and <laughs> just enjoying, enjoying Art's company. But uh, if if we were to pull out a length of rope and and with some commands, he would be very much on cue to to, to get to work. And he's a very different dog. Yeah. So if 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 he's in a crowd, and somebody approaches that these dogs when with their training, and they're not trained to maybe assault somebody, but they are they have wonders about who this person. Do, do they act differently? Do they? <sighs> Yeah, I think because we're all animals of the animal yeah. kingdom, and we all have curiosity about yeah. strangers and things that are different. They, they, so I would say that's true. They smell you. They want to know, but um, they can tell a lot about you. I think from yeah. Um, well, and and that brings up a great point too. Is that when we go into appointments, um, I, I call it camp counselor, right? 
Um, because when we, we went to uh, North Carolina, that was 20 days away from our families, away from our dogs, away from our normal routines in life. And that, that can be kind of lonely, right? Yeah. Even though we're a group of 42 men and women serving our country, yeah. um, it can be pretty lonely. And so at the end of, the, of, a, of a working day and the conditions are uh, challenging, you know, no power, no water. We're sleeping in cots. There's no air conditioning. There's mosquitoes. And it, it, it could be very challenging. And when you see the, the warmth of a dog and the smile in their eyes, um, and the dog knows, yeah. the dog knows who, who could use a little uh, enthusiasm or a little bump. Yeah. And it's, it's profoundly effective watching the dog improve the disposition of the workers and the morale, it lower everybody's blood pressure, put a smile on their face. And it, it, uh, they are very much a camp counselor. It's an unintended consequence of their work. We're inside our last two minutes. Oh, Time flies. It did it? fly. I really enjoyed yeah. today. So, Art, thank you. Uh, and I'm at, I'm at the mercy of my producer over there. And he, <laughs> he, I can't go against him. <laughs> Not Jeremy. So, um, uh, so, so, Back to to your daily activities as a fireman. Yep, still go on, right? Still go on, and this is what you do. This this captivates a lot of your time. It really does. It is uh, very much uh, augmented part of our day. Uh, Merlin and Delta, they go to the fire station with me uh, every third day, so they're a part of our team. There's ten of us there. At like I said, right around the corner. You visit schools. We and, visit schools, but yeah. again, they're because they're available to respond. We yeah. train when we're at work. Um, and again, they bring a lot of uh, enthusiasm to the other members. 30 seconds, one minute, one minute. Okay, so uh, real quick, during the pandemic, you had COVID-19. I did. And something really fun happened with, the, with the, that. Tell the, me about that. I was, uh, yeah, sat, unfortunately, I was hospitalized for a number of days. I'm not saying that was fun. Yeah. But there was an activity that happened. Yeah, reaction. my friends and, and members of, the, of our dog team and, and other firemen uh, yeah. put up a ladder truck, which I'm on. They backed it into the hospital, raised the ladder, and because they couldn't come visit, but we could visit through the window. <laughs> and we were literally a, as high up as we are here today in your studio. <laughs> And uh, I tell you, it really made my day, and it really kind of helped solidify how how much I value my my coworkers and my friends and my colleagues. Well, I hope it, it helped you. It uh, really did come it, out of the COVID nineteen. So, uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Dan Vocal and uh, John Dean. I'm going to include the entire teams are rescuers. God bless you for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Art. All right. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.